we feel what we feel mm. because we think what we think. Mm. So if I feel anxious, that's probably the first thing I'm going to notice is this uneasy feeling, maybe a pit in my stomach. And then if I can translate that, I'm, I'm feeling anxious. What am I thinking? What am I believing? What am I convinced of? Oh, what am I desiring? And, and if I can spell that out, then I'm getting closer to the root of it to be able to discern, are those thoughts true? Or do those thoughts need to be replaced with something else? You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in the city of Sioux Falls. The people of Emmaus Road are committed to regular rhythms of gathering and scattering. We gather corporately in worship on Sunday mornings. We gather in missional communities and discipleship huddles, and we scatter throughout our city where we want to give every resident of Sioux Falls repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Make and Multiply. My name is Matt Groon, and I am one of the pastors at Emmaus Road Church, and I'm joined this morning again with my friends Ryan Chase, another pastor at Emmaus, and Caleb Dernberger, uh, one of the pastoral residents. And this week, we are going to uh, focus in on a certain counseling topic, um, and we were talking a little bit before. I think this one might actually... I wonder. I was wondering if I had said this before, but I think this topic might actually be the most prevalent, most common uh, thing. Relatable. Re- yeah, very relatable to any, if you're a Christian or if you're a human, you've experienced <laughs> what the Bible calls anxiety or fear or the rest. And so uh, we're going to do that. We're going to discuss that. What does the Bible have to say? Um, what is it? Um, what is it not? Um, how is it good? How is it bad? Uh, and what to do with it, really. Uh, so, Ryan... As always, we start with you. <laughs> and would you help us give some definition? What what is what is anxiety? And then you can go into all the other derivatives of it, whether it's fear or worry or the rest. What is that thing that the Bible talks about? Yeah, or that we experience. Maybe right. that's another thing. Yeah, anxiety refers to those troubled, uh, being troubled, being burdened by cares and worries and concerns. The Greek word is merimnao, and it has a range of meaning uh, from thinking earnestly about something to being full of cares or even being distracted or divided in mind. So to be anxious is to be worried about something, to be preoccupied with the thought of some unpleasant future. What if this goes sideways? Um, Fear, on the other hand, is more of a a sense of dread or terror in response to some perceived danger or threat. There is a present threat, or I'm worried that there might be a a threat, a danger, um, and and fear is a response to that perceived danger or threat. The the New Testament uses the Greek word phobos, 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 I got, yeah, transliterated here in English, (laughs) Uh, fear, dread, terror. Uh, phobeo, to strike with fear, to frighten. So the Old Testament has a, a variety of words it uses that range in meaning from dread to terror to trembling, reverence and awe. I think it's important to note both anxiety and fear have positive and negative uses in Scripture. Hmm. Believers are, on the one hand, supposed to be anxious about the, the things of the Lord. That's 1 Corinthians seven thirty two, Or uh, you mentioned, is it Philippians 2? That Yeah, Philippians 2, 20, where Paul is describing how uh, he commands, he commends Timothy for expressing 
that godly concern, that meremna in Philippians 2.20, yet he commands readers not to have meremna, same word, mm-hmm. worry, later in chapter 4, 6, and 7. So yeah. he's using both words in different directions. In one he's commending, and one he's commanding not to. Yep. First Corinthians 12.25, uh, we are supposed to care for one another, same word. Likewise, we are to fear the Lord. That, that's a command, fear the Lord. And yet sinful anxiety, sinful fear is arising out of a place of unbelief. And so in Philippians 4, 6, there's a command in scripture, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and supplication, present your requests to God. So there is an unbelieving kind of anxiety or Matthew 6, 25, Jesus addresses anxiety and connects it to faithlessness. Oh, you Mm -hmm. of little faith. Mm -hmm. And and he rebukes that. And so it is possible. uh, And certainly when we are in a place of unbelief, and we are not focused on the truth of who God is and all that he's promised to be and do for us, anxiety and fear really can get out of hand in a hurry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fear not is the most frequent command in scripture, Hmm. beginning way back in Genesis and all the way through. It's just repeated again and again and again, fear not. And it's often accompanied with assurances and promises like, fear not, for I am with you, be not dismayed. So God knows our our condition. These are, like you said, incredibly common. We all experience fear and anxiety. They're a little bit different. There are appropriate applications, but but oftentimes uh, connected with unbelief in our hearts. So how you just described that, Ryan, though, what the scriptures describe it as, that differs from kind of our modern you know, view of anxiety. Yeah. Um, so maybe flesh that out. What's the difference between the two? Mm. Well, I think it's common today to hear people say things like, I have anxiety. Mm. Uh, and we, we think of it as uh, in the category of mental illness. And we talk about it kind of like catching a cold. Right. It's like this, this thing that happens to you or a condition that you have um, just in general. And so it's easy to say, well, since I am anxious about a lot of things, I just have this condition as though other people don't have that condition. (laughs) Um, Rather than, I think a more accurate way to describe that, I feel anxious, I am anxious in regards to this situation or that situation, this Mm -hmm. this unknown thing or whatever, Um, I I feel anxious. And really when we use that, we're describing kind of what's going on in the inner person, our our emotions, uh, unpleasant, unsettled feelings. And it can, you know, it looks like feeling distracted or preoccupied or divided Mm. in in your heart. Um, Your soul might feel troubled or agitated or uneasy or or restless, or you, you have this foreboding sense of some doom or destruction that's that's coming. Um, you know, those who feel anxious and afraid typically sense they're powerless, they're, they're vulnerable, life feels out of control. And, and there are often physical manifestations that come mm-hmm. along with yeah. that as well, yeah. uh, which is especially troubling when suddenly your heart is racing. You, you can feel your heart rate has right. picked up or you have heart palpitations or your blood pressure rises or you feel like you're fidgeting or you don't realize it, but somebody in your home says, what, why, why are you... <laughs> Why do you keep edge. moving like that? Yeah, <laughs> restlessness, you know, mun- muscle tension, sweating, upset stomach, yeah, sleeplessness. Stomach. It's yeah. just it, those are such familiar feelings. Yeah. And, and when it's the physical manifestation of it, it can you can really feel out of control because mm. you can't get your your heart and your mind 
settled mm. and, and now you feel sick. Mm. Yeah, I think it's really important to make those distinctions, especially with our, our modern version, our modern definition of something, this condition that you might have. Um, and, and this is just a really good process, a really good um, practice with to diagnose your own soul is, uh, how you define the problem will inform yeah, yeah. the prescription. It yeah. will inform, yeah. okay, now what do I do? If if the problem is something like a cold that you have, it just happened to you, and it's just part of who I am, well, it makes sense now why our modern obsession with medicating everything. Um, well, there's probably, a, there's probably a medication for that, so why don't we get you on some anti-anxiety meds, and we'll see what that happens. And um, But the problem with that is... Because you frame the problem wrong, mm-hmm. the prescription won't actually get down to the root cause. Mm-hmm. Um, your circumstances might change, your chemicals might change, but there's still <clears throat> an un- something underneath that has not yet been uh, acknowledged. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, step two then, if we diagnose the problem correctly, what are we to do about it? Well, mm-hmm. how, how should somebody like, walk into your counseling office and... They feel anxious. They say to you all those things. And maybe the presenting symptoms is my heart races, I have palpitations, right. <laughs> I'm on edge all the time, and I can't control it. It's just happening. Yeah, um, yeah it's a scary place to be. Yeah. yeah. And, and just to throw my thought in, I, I think anxiety, fear, all those, the, the common thread between everything is it's, it's essentially future-oriented. Yes. It, it really is looking out at what could happen what may happen and that's scary it's like looking into the dark or being in the dark there are things out there i can't see and that makes me fearful that makes me anxious that makes my heart race it makes all these things um and so that is helpful for me because then it reminds me of yeah i can't control the future i don't know what's going to happen i am a limited creature so and if if that's where it ends then yeah, I'm going to be anxious and yeah, I'm going to be stressed and so forth. But I think it, yeah. what it does for me, and maybe you can fill this out, Ryan, is it, it points me back. The, the Where I find rest is when I think on and ponder and cling to promises of the sovereignty of God. And he He has not lost control. He has not, he, he knows what the future is going to bring. And he has promised that whatever comes is for my good. Yeah. So really, that is, to, to me, the times I feel anxious, those are the promises right. I cling to. Maybe flesh that out. Yeah, really, anything can be the, <clears throat> excuse me, the source of our fear or worry or anxiety. Um, you could be anxious about material possessions, whether or not you're going to have enough money to pay the bills or enough food to eat. Um, you can go through suffering some calamity or loss, uh, just having a test coming up or an interview it can be a source of anxiety waiting on some medical diagnosis yeah. or or an upcoming delivery of yep. a child or all those things anything in you know just you could have a, a spouse or a, a child who's running late they're not home when they said they would and suddenly you find anxious mm. thoughts running through your mind it's yeah. just <laughs> anything at all can be the source of our our worry and, and our fear and i think it helps to distinguish those may be the subjects of, of the worry, but really what's going on at the root is in our hearts, um, at the level of what we're thinking, what we're believing, what we're desiring. And so it, it really does help to be able to translate our feelings into thoughts. We, we feel what we feel mm. because we think what we think. Mm. So 
if I feel anxious, that's probably the first thing I'm going to notice is this uneasy feeling, maybe a pit in my stomach. And then if I can translate that, I'm, I'm feeling anxious. What am I thinking? What am I believing? What am I convinced of? What am I desiring? And, And if I can spell that out, then I'm getting closer to the root of it to be able to discern, are those thoughts true? Or do those thoughts need to be replaced with something else? If they're true, then I, I probably need some promise or assurance from God to deal with that. Uh, if they're not true, then I need to put those off. I need to repent. I need to turn away from those thoughts and replace them with true thoughts. And I know when we're talking about it in this setting, <laughs> very briefly, that can sound like, oh, you, you make it sound so easy. I'm very sterilized. I, I say this yeah. all the time in counseling. Simple and easy are not the same thing. It, it is not a complex process where God's like, okay, here are 157 steps to take. No, it's, it's very simple. Put off put on. Repent, believe. Here, here's um, the thought, and it needs to be replaced with this truth from God. That's simple. Not easy. You know, anybody can relate to when you are in that moment and you feel like you can't get control of your thoughts, it, it can feel very difficult. But that doesn't mean there's not hope, that there is hope because God's word is, is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the way that Jesus addresses this in um, Matthew 6 is so powerful. Jim Neuheiser has a great teaching on worry from Matthew 6. And and he just, his outline, three points, he says, Jesus teaches worry is senseless because your heavenly father cares for you. That's one of Jesus' main points there. Your, your father in heaven knows what you need. He cares for you. Mm. So your worry is senseless because God is the one who cares for you and has given you great the greater gift of life. You can trust him. He's going to take care of everything else that you need. Jesus teaches worry is useless. It accomplishes nothing. Um, can you add anything to your life? Can you live longer? Can you make yourself taller? Can you, can you, can you add anything to your life by worry? Um, one of my favorite illustrations of that comes from the, the movie Bridge of Spies. <clears throat> and there's a Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks movie, yes. yes. (laughs) He plays this insurance lawyer who ends up in the middle of this Cold War drama. He's appointed to represent this guy named Rudolf Abel. He's an accused Soviet spy. And if he's convicted, he's facing the the death penalty. And when the two of them first meet, um, he... He notices Tom Hanks' character, the the lawyer. He, he notices, you know, like you're in in big trouble here. And Abel just calmly, matter of factly says, "All right." <laughs> and Tom <laughs> Hanks' character says, "You don't seem alarmed." Mm-hmm. And the response, the 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 accused Soviet spy just says, "Would it help? <laughs> would it would it help to be panicking, to be worried? Would it would it change my situation oh, at all?" See, see what you did. Oh, see God. what you did. Hey. Forgot to mention that we are back at my kitchen. <laughs> Ted is still Ted here. Ted has anxiety. Ted has anxiety. <laughs> mm-hmm. he, uh, we're working on him. He's we're replacing thoughts. And yeah, Ted. So so Jesus teaches worry is useless. It accomplishes nothing. And and then I think especially pointedly he teaches worry is faithless because it it denies it it fails to recognize and trust and rest in God's loving care for you. So when Jesus calls that out, you have little faith. Uh, why, why are you worried? Why are yeah. you anxious? And and that that can be helpful to you know read through Matthew six twenty five through thirty four and, and meditate on those. What are the truths about God that Jesus is revealing here? If, if I'm convinced of that, if if I don't just know them in my head, but my heart is trusting that, resting in that, um, and and that's really where we have to get to the point where we are 
able to access and turn to in Scripture promises from God, assurances from God. And I think that's where you know you guys have experience with this personally and helping others. Uh, they're, they're just there's so many resources. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that'd be helpful. You know, what are what are some of your go-to hmm. passages to help your heart rest in the truth of who God is for you when you're yeah. troubled? Well, it does. What we're touching on is it, it does make all the difference for us. This is this is for the people of our church, Christians, but recognizing everyone has anxiety because we all live by faith. We're all living in something, trusting something to secure and satisfy our hearts. The, the difference is that we have God and all that he has promised us and mm. said to us. We have God himself. Um, so, yeah, there are, there are certain passages that I can think of. Um, a couple, one one right away is 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 actually just the nature of what we are to do when we find ourselves anxious. Um, I think our tendencies are to let's let, let's just wait and see what happens. Let's let the, mm-hmm. the the storm subside. But but really, it's only it only uh, continues to pile up as time goes on because we are living by faith. Mm-hmm. And if uh, the nature of our situation does not change, and we're trusting that to secure and satisfy us then it'll only make matters worse. Um, so Psalm 112 verse 7 um, comes to mind. First of all, it says, He is not afraid of bad news. Why? Because his heart is firm trusting in the Lord. So, so really that, that remedy or that prescription that you're talking about, Matt, of we, um, when there is anxiety, it is because of unbelief. Unbelief is the root of all our sin and it is faithless. And so what are we to do is we are to turn to God and trust all that he's promised to be for us. First um, Peter 5 is probably one that comes to mind too. I think everyone is well uh, versed with this. But uh, in verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the pr- proper time he may exalt you casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. There's that promise right there. There's that assurance right there. Mm. I love that verse because it does equate our anxiety. It does reveal like our anxiety is actually operating in self-sufficiency. You know, if I'm anxious about something in the future that I have no control over, that proves that I am, that's, that's touching on my idol of control. I want control. I want, and really I want autonomy. I want independence from God. I want to be able to do things on my own. So therefore, because things are out of my control, I am anxious. And I, I just love how it says humble. It's like, it's like saying walk carefully by holding your father's hand, um, humble yourselves. How? By casting all your anxieties on him turn, confess, confess your, confess your anxieties to God and trusting that he will care for you because he is good. Um, Yeah, exactly. And there are specific promises of like, that can combat my anxiety of my, my fear of the future. Things like Romans eight, where he says, all things must work out for the good of those who love him, who've called, been called according to his birth. That's just such a vital one for me, just Mm -hmm. because it just says everything is for my good. So whatever may come, God has said is for my good. So mm-hmm. those are like specific promises. I would that one in particular that I would cling to in the midst of it. But then there's also promises of God that where He promises that by turning to His Word, by doing this process, is is going to work, <laughs> if yeah. you will. I think of Psalm 94:19. When the cares of my heart are many, Your consolations, Your promises, cheer my soul. Mm. Or Proverbs 12:25. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. A good word from his word, the, the best word. It, it, that, those are 
this process, not only is the, uh, the, 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 the end result good and anxiety lessening, but also the God has promised that when we, by faith, act and cling to his promises, he will cheer your heart. Yep. <laughs> he, will, he will make your heart glad. Uh, that's, that's just like promise after promise of he will be there for you and, and he will be your security. I think, Caleb, as you just described, is often what's at the root of, of my anxiety is my lack of securing myself or my family. Like, I, I, I need to protect them. I will protect them. I need to have security on my own rather than trusting God for all of it, which is just such a scary thought from my chair because I don't know the future. But yet I do know somebody who does know the future and somebody who has promised to bring me through it no matter no matter what. Yeah, and I, w- I would say too, just in case there's someone listening to this thinking, well, but this is going on in my life and I don't think there's any good news there. I would just say there, God has made just a lavish amount of promises to us in his word. And there really actually is a promise for every single problem you might face. Um, There, there is. And, um, and maybe, I mean, I don't know if there's a catalog that we could point people to. I I, I think uh, take words with you by um, um, uh, Tim Kerr is a great resource. Uh, it's, It's, it's all, categorized uh, Mm -hmm. by um, just, you know, what do I do in this? What do I do if I feel this? And there are just, there are just very specific promises that really should be taken as ammunition in your day because (laughs) it is anxiety and fear. These are things that are constant. It's not like, you know, it's not just, oh yeah, those people are, they, they're carefree, but you don't know about me. No, it, it is constant because of how often we are tempted to distrust God. And so we need that to, <laughs> to tether ourselves to God, um, by faith. Yeah, that's good. It, it's helped me to realize, um, so much of our anxiety does fall in that realm. Like you guys were saying, it's a future oriented thing and it's a hypothetical, what if, right? What if this happens? And one of the reasons it can feel impossible to get control of those thoughts is because it is impossible to answer hypothetical what if questions because you can try to rationalize your way out of it and tell yourself, well, that's not going to happen. But what if, Mm. I mean, what if can always, will always have the last word as long as you're willing to entertain it. Mm -hmm. And we entertain it when we try to rationalize and assure ourselves, well, it's not going to happen or whatever. Or make it worse by saying, if only we we fill in the blank and we kind of say what's going to happen. And yeah. Then exactly. I'd be happy. Yeah. Yep. Then I'd be. Then I'd be. Fit. Then I'd be fine. Right. Yep. I'd have peace. So yep. I think watch out for those trains of thought. Don't don't get on them. Don't entertain them. Don't engage them. And instead, put on true thoughts. So Philippians four is a great passage. A lot of people try to fight anxiety with Philippians four six. The command: Do not be anxious about anything. Um, that is true. That's a command in scripture, but I would say go read the rest of the passage because if all you do is memorize that and then you recite to yourself, do not be anxious, I'm, do not be anxious, do I know not be I'm anxious. not supposed to be. <laughs> Still it's, anxious. It's like, you know, the classic, do not think about pink elephants. Don't think about pink elephants. Well, what are you doing the whole Come time? Come on. Thinking about pink elephants. So instead of telling yourself not to think about pink elephants, you have to think about gray elephants. You have to remind yourself elephants are gray. Look at pictures of gray elephants. And and that's where Philippians 4 goes on to tell you, okay, don't be anxious. Instead, 
Here's what to do. Um, One, bring your requests to God. Pray. So you can make a list about the things you're anxious about. Commit them to God in in prayer. Pray about those things. Um, Be thankful. Paul commands gratitude there. Make a list of specific things you're thankful for. Gratitude is a powerful way to fight back against all of these unpleasant feelings and attitudes of our of our hearts. Um, Paul commands thinking about specific things, and he gives this whole list there in Philippians 4. Finally, my brothers, right. whatever's true, right, excellent, pure, praiseworthy. Yeah. He goes on and on. Think about these things. And so it, it can be productive to make a think list. Here mm-hmm. are true thoughts I can think about. Uh, because to, you keep to him, occupy my mind. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. That's right. It's Isaiah 26 too. Yes. So giving, giving yourself... And, and giving some thought to plan out, okay, next time these thoughts come to my mind, what are true thoughts, excellent thoughts, uh, you know, beautiful, praiseworthy things that I can turn my mind to and meditate on, think about instead. And it can feel hopeless and overpowering, like, oh, I just can't control my mind. My mind keeps coming. These these thoughts are intrusive. They're unwanted. They just keep coming back. But we have great promises in God's word that it's possible to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. Mm-hmm. And if we're commanded in scripture to think about things that are right and true and noble and excellent, praiseworthy, then it is possible to, to exercise a spirit empowered will in a certain direction to yeah. turn our mind to those things. And then Paul, at the end of that section, Philippians four talks about the things that you've learned from me, that you've seen in me, do these things, practice these things. And that's a great remedy to anxiety is to have things to do, get up and get up and do something, whether it's just, you know, sweeping the floor or whatever, to be busy with, with the responsibilities and cares God has given you. And Jesus says in Matthew six, that that's his remedy to anxiety. If anxiety is future oriented, he ends that by saying, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Today has enough trouble of its own. So Jesus prescription is put off your future oriented fears of all the what ifs of tomorrow and just be concerned with the cares of today. Today has some some of its own challenges. Right. Go do that and you'll be busy enough with today's cares to not be sitting there mulling over mm-hmm. all of the what ifs of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in that Philippians 4, it's just so powerful how what what Paul sets out as the promise of and the peace of God, which, because isn't that what we want? The the remedy to our anxiety is peace. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Yes. And at the end of that whole practice these things, and before he said the peace of God, now he says, and the God of peace. It's a, it's who he is. Yeah. He is a peace bringer, uh, will be with you. And that is, those are promises. Just as the uh, anxiety is future-oriented of what if, what if? Well, God's making promises in the future. He will be with you. He will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And those are promises that are future oriented as yes. well to trust in as well. As yeah. you do those, as you act today, trusting that he will be there tomorrow. Yeah. That's it. Well, on the end of every promise is not, you know, the pro- at the end of every promise is God himself, is more of God. To trust God, to want God, to have God, mm-hmm. you know, Psalm 56, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid, what can flesh do to me? So these commands are not for the sake of just, all right, if I do this, then all of a sudden my situation all of a sudden just changes, and therefore no worry. No, we're not trusting our situations to change, we're trusting in God, we're trusting in God to act, we're trusting in God's goodness. Maybe your situations don't change. But you can be free of anxiety even despite that because 
you have God and he has promised that he's for you no matter what. Um, that's, that's the glory of all of this. Yeah. So and, that's, that's the end. And as you experience by God's grace, uh, victory in this, as you experience clinging to Christ and trusting in him and having anxiety and having that peace of Christ or peace of God ruling within you, guarding you in your heart, then now you are able to help others to, hmm. to do the same of, I just think of the benefit of the, of our gospel communities where this can function. These, yeah. these discipleship huddles. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Often I struggle to get out of the loop of those anxious thoughts on my own. But when I actualize or when I verbalize those to either my wife or to my friends or to whoever, they are able now to be peacemakers mm-hmm. by God's grace in my life as well, by pointing me to promises and, um, and, yep. and coming alongside. So this is, because of the how common it is in our lives, mm. um, this is part of the fight, the daily fight of faith. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so grateful to be in gospel community, to to be to know you men and to know my gospel community. And I know that when I turn to them, they have promises ready to to, to kind of keep one hand on the branch, the secure, objective truth of God's word, and then step down and help me to, yeah. to sympathize with me and to, to pull me out. So. Uh, of course, more to be said, and uh, but I'm feeling <laughs> built up. Hmm. I, I feel ready to face today hmm. because of because of God's word. So, thank you, brothers. Thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles or missional communities or gospel fluency, you can reach out to your missional community leader. And if you're not yet plugged into gospel community at Emmaus Road, visit us online at EmmausRoadSF.com.